Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I make it my goal on this show to be as candid as I possibly can be. We try not to ever lie. Hopefully I, I don't. I don't know that I've always succeeded in that, but I certainly try not to. That means we're on vacation. We don't pretend to be live. We've made it very clear throughout the entire week that we are doing a vacation's week's worth of shows, and I am very thankful to have that vacation time. You need that from time to time. I love my job, best job in the world, but you got to recharge those batteries every now and then, and when we're not here, we try to be honest about that. And the other thing I want to be honest about just for a second is is that you know it's always a little tricky to uh, to plan a show like this because and, and a week's worth of shows like this because you're talking about doing a bunch of shows without, you know, the news cycle kind of spins in a certain rhythm, a certain cadence, and there's always enough information to do a show and then do a show the next day and then the next day and then the next day. You just kind of trust that over the course of time, there's going to be enough news required to come in here and do the show. But when you do like six of them right in a row, you're kind of pulling from a pretty thin level of, uh, you know, news cycle to, to kind of get enough stuff to do. So, what do you do to fill that much time? What do you do to, to fill that, you know, to that, that much shows? Well, it's always kind of nice to be able to lean on tried and true topics. It's always kind of nice to be able to lean on things that you know folks have a tendency to enjoy. Yesterday, we kind of did that when it comes to five-star recruits and who might break out. That's a little bit of a safe topic, the kind of thing that's never a bad thing to discuss. Evergreen, you might say. It's kind of always going to be ripe. It's kind of always going to be easy pickings, the kind of things that, that folks are hopefully going to enjoy. Same thing a little bit today. A topic that we probably regenerate every single year, and I'm guessing we'll probably do this a couple more times again before the season eventually kicks off this fall. When you look at you know another elite signing class for Georgia in 2022, who are the guys from that group who have a chance to be big early contributors? Because, listen, in a signing class, unfortunately, you're going to have a small number of guys who may not ever contribute. That's just you know, the way that law of large numbers works. You have other guys who are going to wait their turn and eventually they are going to grow and develop and then they'll eventually be, you know, big time contributing football players. But there are some people because of a combination of their own talent, the position they have to play, the needs that need to be filled, where they'll just step up and play right away. And in some cases, they'll play very well right away. And there's always going to be a curiosity amongst Georgia fans of, Who are those players going to be? And over the course of the next few minutes here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger, I want to use some of our, you know, available information to kind of decide who some of these guys might be. And in some cases, some of my predictions will probably turn out to be correct. Other cases, they may not turn out to be quite so accurate. But these are the best reasonable guesses we have, educated guesses about who some of those guys are. And as I said before, I'm going to use some of the stuff that we kind of know as a way of getting us to this. For instance, if you want to look for the position group that is most likely to have incoming freshmen eventually this fall playing right away, I think the best possible example of that is probably defensive back. A, Georgia plays a lot of defensive backs, so just right there alone, you've got the opportunity. Georgia's also lost some very good ones. Cornerback like Darian Kendrick, safety like Lewis Seen. These are guys that are gone and in their play step you know, opportunity for others. And by the way, when you look at what Georgia signed here for the class of 2022, few programs have ever signed a more robust collection of elite recruits than what Georgia did with its cornerbacks and safeties here for the 2022 class. So 
if you want to start talking about players who could play right away, you better have some 2022 defensive backs from the dogs on that list. In fact, let's let you hear Kirby Smart going back to December when these guys first started rolling their way in of what he likes about the group, what he was kind of slow to want to say about the group and the opportunity that exists for some of these guys here for the upcoming season. Kirby Smart from December. I don't think you actually ever know exactly what you have. You certainly feel great about them, but to, to tab anybody, the, the, the next guy, the first guy to start, I mean, I think it's hard. I'm, I, the length and the speed uh, is what sticks out the most. I think, uh, you know, we, we, we missed some size in, in recent years, and uh, we like to have uh, length. We like to have toughness. I like intelligence. You know, I like ball skills. I think a lot of these qualities and traits show up. You know, your ability to play man-to-man, I think more in college football now than ever before, if you have a liability and coverage, it's easier to find it. You know, it used to be we were all up in a, in a little phone booth, and now we're all out here. So your mistakes or your uh, guys that can't cover, it's almost out of control. Like, they, like they, 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 they spot it on you and they get you. I think this group, number one, has speed. They have man-to-man coverability. Uh, they're going to help us, but there's just not enough of them. And it, what's interesting is it used to be you couldn't find O-linemen and D-linemen, and I still think they're hard to find, but you see these schools, top-notch schools, all on the same uh, DBs because there's not enough of them to go around. You know, the, the premier position right now uh, for a lot of people is to go play wide out, and we got to find some guys that can cover those guys. So there you go. Kirby Smart on the importance of defensive backs, how good it is to get really good ones, even if Smart at that point in time was not quite so ready to say for sure what he thought he had in in that crop. But if you're thinking about big time contributors from your 2022 class, just given the the importance of the position, the the specific need that Georgia has, the talent of the group, the defensive back situation, the secondary, a really good place to look. Now, if you're watching on video, you saw Malachi Starks on your screen. That would definitely be one of my guys uh, that I would look for to make a big early impact. And I would also say, in addition to that, at least one of the big time corners there as well. And for me, when it comes to recruiting, the phrase I use a lot is, in my mind, numbers are always more important than names what do i mean by that the comfort that you ought to take for georgia at the cornerback spot this year is not the presence of any individual player although dalen everett may turn out to be great or julian humphrey may turn out to be great or uh, jaheem singletary may turn out to be great you know you could focus on some of these names and some of those guys may turn out to be great but to get too fixated on any one name i think is a mistake because there is just a batting average that all of these players kind of fall into of percentage chance they may be great success and a percentage chance that they may not quite work out that way. And going into a career, we are never quite so sure who is going to be the wheat, who's going to be the tear, and who's going to kind of fall on on either side of that. We just don't know. Now, the higher-rated recruits have a higher likelihood of succeeding, but none of those predictions are perfect when it comes to individual names. But the overall number of recruits, that's the kind of thing you can put a little bit more reliable faith and trust in. In other words, if you give me a collection of a Humphrey, an Everett, uh, uh, you know, a Singletary, and say from one of those, you know, that one of those groups, I get one guy who can really break out the, here this year. How much better does Georgia end up being on the field because of that? When you have a large number of names to pull from, the chance of having one who really breaks as a freshman, I think that that goes up in, in a really big way. So one of the quarter uh, cornerbacks 
maybe plus Malachi Starks for a number of reasons. Those may be some freshman players who who play right away for Georgia here this year and could have great success in doing that. And, and to stay on the defensive side here just for a moment, the other name that I think has kind of leapt to the forefront of this conversation in a way that might not have been true several months ago is Mikhail Williams, the defensive lineman. Or I thought kind of interesting the other day when Georgia put out its you know, uh, early enrollee video, they had him listed as an outside linebacker, which is kind of an interesting thing to think about. You know, We don't really know what that means necessarily, but it's just kind of interesting to consider. The point is is that near the end of, uh, of his life as a high school player, Mikhail Williams has just skyrocketed as a recruit. Big national award winner, was maybe the most talked about player from the All-American Bowl, and you know, not necessarily position of need, but just through like sheer talent alone, Mikhail Williams may just be very hard to keep off the field here this year because of how impressive he was as a senior, especially in the late stages of that final season before coming to Georgia. And, you know, as I did a little bit on yesterday's show, let's go back and hear Mikhail for a moment, but this time as a recruit being interviewed by Jeff Sintel of what it was that he wants to show the world, you know, he played high school football in Columbus. A lot of folks haven't seen Mikhail Williams play a game. They've maybe seen him around the All-American Bowl, or they've certainly seen the film. But in terms of seeing a full game of Mikhail Williams, there are a lot of Georgia fans, even a lot of Georgia fans who are you know, very uh, astute observers of high school football. They haven't seen that from Mikhail Williams yet because of where he was playing and you know, kind of what he was doing. That coming up, it's going to be our first chance to really see a lot of Mikhail Williams. Well, Jeff Sintel asked him way back a year or so ago as a recruit, what do you want folks to notice when they, when they see you for the first time? I thought Mikael Williams gave a very good answer to that question. This is Mikael. If somebody's in the stands watching you play tonight for the first time, what do you hope they pick up about what's important to you? Dominance and um, speed and power and like my aggression on the defense. They don't want to see there's like a flute or something in the background there as he's talking so hopefully you got the uh, gist of what he's uh, saying there uh, but the point is he says hey what do you want folks to see about you he says i want them to see that i'm dominant and i want to show off my speed and and i just love that word dominance right there i want to be a dominator and you know what i would say that for the most part that's what kelly williams kind of turned out to be so someone who has an attitude towards dominance a uh, a little bit of a bias in favor of being as dominant as he possibly can be it's gonna be hard to keep that guy off the field and he may be one of those guys that plays a lot right away there as well here in his upcoming freshman season and then i wanted to mention one more and i wanted to get to offense to do this now there's a part of me that wants to talk about, uh, you know, Branson Robinson here, discussion like this. I, I addressed this with Jeff some last Friday when he joined us. Uh, you know, there are a lot of names you could potentially go with. But I want to highlight Oscar Delp here for a moment because, once again, the same way in which the the mindset of Mikhail Williams, I would say, would factor into his opportunity to potentially play close to right away at Georgia. For someone like Oscar Delp, that mindset also kind of serves him well, too, including going back to talk about, why it was that ultimately that he knew Georgia was the right place for him, wanting to follow in the footsteps of someone who's cl- uh, clearly been very dominant at the position that Delp plays. Let's let you hear Oscar Delp from when he signed with Georgia about why Georgia was the right place. This is Oscar. I mean, it really just came down to where I'm going to get developed the most and uh, have the, the best opportunity to make a name for myself and really kind of get the ball and uh, I think that uh, Georgia has developed offensive line developed defense and every every week in practice I'm really gonna be uh, getting reps against the best players in the country and I think it's really gonna make me a better player in the long run and uh, kind of I love what they're doing with Bowers so far this year and uh, how they're gonna use us together in the future I think is really gonna be a cool thing you listen to uh, Oscar speak right there he's clearly got a clear plan he sees himself as the next in line on 
what uh, Brock Bowers already done in this program, and that mindset could also serve him pretty well too. Now, chances are maybe not everybody I've mentioned here goes on to have the kind of great freshman season that I think they can have. And what's maybe even more likely is there are some names that I haven't mentioned that turn out to be you know really good in their first year there as well. It's one of the fun things about being a Georgia fan. Programs never recruited at a higher level than it is right now, and in any given year. There are a lot of elite prospects who are going to have their chance. Spring practice for some of these guys, because there's such a huge number of early enrollees. Spring practice begins that chance for many. And who truly emerges? Well, that's what makes it fun to be a football fan, especially of this team here right now. As we get to watch all of this unfold in front of us and see for ourselves who are the freshmen that have the chance to be big time contributors later on this fall. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Kroger. And hello to you, and thanks for being with us. Normally, we do 945, first and 15 on the Dog Nation homepage, dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. We'll get back to that again on Monday as I'm right back here with you in live format in the normal functioning world of uh, of our program here. One more final vacation day for me. Appreciate you allowing me to do that. Also, for those of you that tune in, 10 a.m., live or pre-recorded, whatever you have here, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Appreciate you being a part of the program. Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref. Podcast form on all the various podcast channels, Apple, Spotify, Post and show at the world famous dog nation.com, whatever else. Just really appreciate you being a big part of all of this. And a big thanks as well to our friends at Kroger for making it all possible and the great new membership opportunity they have for you, Kroger Boost. You want to talk about your very own NIL deal? A lot of ways, this is what this kind of is, is for you. You can get free grocery delivery. You can get you know all kinds of great incentives, including twice the fuel points, so many other cool things there as well. And it only costs $59 for the year to sign up for. That's what the uh, opportunity starts at. So you can check it out for yourself. It's Kroger.com slash boost for a lot more on that. Kroger.com slash boost. A great new membership opportunity from our friends at Kroger. So I mentioned Jeff Sintel a moment ago, and you got a chance to hear a little bit with Jeff there. Interview with Oscar Delp, interview with uh, Mikhail Williams. And we're going to get ready to roll into a fun conversation with Jeff Sintel here today there as well. That... We've kind of officially turned the corner now. We're fully focused on the 2023 recruiting cycle in a lot of ways. That's starting to heat up here a bit for the rest of the world of college football, but for Georgia in particular. So we'll use this as our true full springboard to be in the 2023 chatter. The big names to know, the in-state battles that Georgia's going to try to win, and everything else that's important to have at your fingertips as the 2023 cycle gets ready to, to unfold here right now. So it's a fun day to do all of this, always talking recruiting with Jeff Sintel on a Friday. So let's do it right now. It's Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. Great to have him and all of you with us here today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. So as I've been enjoying my vacation, you know, this is kind of that moment where we look at the sort of spring practice and also really get heavy into what's going to dominate a lot of the warm weather time of year, which is going to be 2023 recruiting battles. And we've already started talking about a lot of that kind of stuff. And I want to preview even more of that with Jeff Sintel here. We obviously pre-recorded this. So if news has broken in the last few days, we'll have to deal with that again next Friday when Jeff's back with us here again. But certainly setting the stage for a lot of the major discussions to come over the course of the next few months. Let's do that with Jeff right now. And, you know, Jeff, when we talked 2023 thus far, I guess the name that probably comes up the most has been the quarterback, Arch Manning. And you understand why that is, both in terms of the position that he plays, his last name, and 
everything else along with that. But if we were to stipulate that Manning is among the most important 2023 recruits we'll discuss, what are one or two other names you would put alongside that as, you know, the, the just a small handful of key guys to know for the 2023 class? Yeah, you know, Manning is the name that's going to generate all the headlines, Brandon. It's going to generate anybody that wants to find themselves in clicks where they they put together a story together involving the Manning name, the Manning brand, and the Manning legacy. Going a little deeper than that, I think the name probably this class starts with is Caleb Downs. Let's see how it how it how it does here. It's going to check all the normal bellwethers. It's going to go five star. It's going to go number one prospect in the country at his position. It's going to go um, number one player in Georgia, and he's also a guy, Brandon, that the recruiting trail showed us in January that it appears to me like Georgia wants as much as any other player in the class in the country. They sent multiple coaches to see him. They sent coaches to see him at basketball games. They they welcomed him in for the the national championship champions day on January the 15th. He was there with an elite group of invited guests and it really feels Caleb told me, uh, he also has incredible, incredible, I guess, family connections because his, his father is the recruiting coordinator and running backs coach at East Tennessee state in Tennessee. And his older brother, Josh Downs, I think was one of the bigger misses about how Georgia let somebody get away. That would have been perfect for their offense, especially Todd Munkin's offense. He was a, uh, Josh Downs had a thousand yards and 11 touchdown catches and was a first team All America, um, at North Carolina last year. So I think Caleb hits all those boxes. He hits all the right notes. And he told me pretty definitively that Georgia's always been a school for him. I've been noticing the scope of our interviews over the last two years or so. And he's always got Georgia in that top group. He always likes Georgia. He always liked the way Georgia's developed. And now Georgia added the pieces of the puzzle that they're a national champion. And they beat Alabama, and now it certainly seems to to Caleb like George is recruiting him as hard and as furious, as fast and furious as anyone in the country. I think that guy's a got to get name for the twenty twenty three class. But you know, you got to keep looking on the offensive side of the ball, Brandon. And maybe this might be might be one of those we might need you to use your special magical powers about speaking <laughs> football players into existence. Maybe in between collecting coconuts on the beach today, Brandon. I need you to mentally project some energy about Brandon Ennis, yeah, the number one wide sure. receiver in the country for 2023. I think Georgia absolutely has to get playmakers at wide receiver, playmakers on offense to come in this 2023 class. Of course, I can talk to you about running back here, running back there, yep. five-star this, five-star that, Justice Haynes, Reuben Owens. Those are names that are going to attract a lot of, a lot of ears and a lot of eyes. But if you're needed – to use those special powers, Brandon. You got we gotta we gotta start working your magic on Brandon Ennis. He loves the recent hire of Brian McClendon. Georgia's always kind of been a around their school for him out of South Florida, but you're talking about a guy, number one player in the country, a guy that goes to all these showcase camps, Brandon, and looks like the best receiver there by far. He looked like the best receiver at camp two years ago, Brandon, when he was still two years away from his recruiting class time being on deck. He plays great defensive back now, and it's time to close out some teams at these high-level showcase circuits. Uh, the wide receiver position and playmakers, as we as we noted in our last update last Friday, Brandon, we talked about how the 2022 class was just so jam-packed with defensive stalwarts and defensive difference makers. Uh-huh. 23 has kind of ba- got to balance out the teeter-totter. It's got to be that yin and yang to what Georgia 
stockpiled in 2022 on defense. That's where they got to go in 2023. It's got to be an offensive guy. You mentioned Arch Manning. I think Brandon Ennis is a great name to start in terms of the best possible potential wide receivers that Georgia can add to the 2023 group. And along those lines with Ennis, you know, in the 2022 cycle, I think it's safe to say that a guy like Evan Stewart, Georgia just offered kind of a limited appeal for him. You know, Georgia seemed to have a better shot at Luther Bird, but ultimately the chance to stay a little closer to home seemed to win out. Do you think Georgia's chances with Ennis are better and maybe Brian McClendon helps with this, but do you think Georgia's chances with Ennis are better than other five-star receivers that we've talked about during this space over the course of the last couple of years? I think they're just as good. I wish I could say better. I know it would make everybody feel better on a Friday to say better, but I think the Brian McClendon thing really helps. And one of the things that that I talked to Brandon about, and then he just posted himself on his own social media where, is that, wow, Brian BMAC to Georgia was kind of an eye-opener for him. Uh, because he really appreciates the way uh, Brian McClendon coaches and teaches the position, but also how he's just a great man and a potential mentor for him and during his college career. I think that's why Ennis in Georgia has a little sizzle to it. But now we need to add, and, and Brandon, if this was Family Feud and I was Steve Harvey and I would say top seven answers are on the board, where do you want a high school for a number one five-star receiver from the state of Florida to come out of? Yeah, I bet. Survey says your number one answer might be American Heritage, if not IMG Academy. For sure. And American Heritage has been awfully good to Georgia in years past. Oh, yeah. Tony Michelle uh, and Marvin Isaiah Jones McKenzie. Jr., Brandon. That's the that's the name to remember here. Marvin Jones Jr. just came to Georgia, five-star in the 2022 class. He was teammates with Brandon Ennis last year. And that young man has been pouring that honey potion in his ear about Georgia uh, dating back to last December about how great it would be to bull, to be a Bulldog and to come play with him at Georgia. And I think Brandon Ennis takes the time and listens to that pretty sincerely from uh, from Marvin Jones Jr. So you mentioned a moment ago Caleb Downs, the five-star safety out of uh, Mill Creek. That's a guy that I've seen in person a number of times, and that's clearly a very important battle for Georgia in this 2023 class. Let me use that to get kind of a thumbnail of the rest of the in-state story from you for a moment here i think down to the top of that list my guess is you'd also include victor burley there as well it's no longer lt overton he's now a member of the 2022 class he would have been in this discussion if not for that but between like say burley and downs what does the rest of the in-state story look for georgia for the 2023 class yeah you i guess you need to if you've already mentioned those names brandon I think Justice Haynes is yeah. the, the name that needs to needs to kind of settle at the top of our discussion thread here. And everybody knows Justice by now. He's the guy that trains like he's about a month away from the NFL Combine at all times. He's got a distant shot to maybe get into the – to become the Georgia's all-time leading rusher ever in uh, Georgia high school football history. Got a much better shot to end up somewhere around number two, number three, number four all-time. He's obviously the son of uh, Veron Haynes, the Bulldog hobnail boot legacy. Georgia loves him a whole lot. You can tell he really loves Georgia a whole lot. I think Georgia continues to make waves with him every time he goes to see Georgia. I think the Champions Day on January the 15th for him was impactful. Of course, Clemson is looming here. They're coming after him really hard. Schools like Notre Dame, I think Ohio State, Alabama, those schools are also have his attention as well. I guess LSU would be one of those as well. But justice in Georgia, if you want to think about the best possible running back outcome, and, and I know it doesn't seem as dramatic to folks, Brandon, because Georgia usually 
with Dale McGee easily nails about 75%, if not higher, his batting average for his key recruiting targets across the course of his time in Athens. But, and everybody kind of sort of thinks that, you know, Dell is going to be Dell and then inertia and legacy and everything with Justice Haynes. I think everybody's hoping that happens, but it's still not a, a certainty that that happens because anything can happen in the world of recruiting. But folks got to remember that a great 2022 campaign for Georgia would likely see at least uh, Kendall Milton and, and, and um, Kenny McIntosh, the KM squared duo, move on to the NFL. So Georgia would still need a double a double reload at running back with the 2022 cycle, uh, what like they did in the 2022 cycle with Paul and Branson Robinson. Yeah. I think they need to get two more backs in 2023. Justice Haynes in state is a major factor there. You've got Ruben Owens out of sure. Texas. I don't I don't know if Georgia's in a really great spot compared to other schools with Richard Young, the other five star and the nation's number one running back out of Florida. But to continue the course of your in state guys, I think. Um, Georgia has to make sure it holds on to guys like Bo Hughley, who's a top 100 uh, offensive lineman out of uh, Langston Hughes, Ken Lee out of Cedar Grove, former high school teammate of Christian Miller. Those are important commitments in this class. But I will tell folks maybe a glimmer of hope here. And if you look at Georgia's uh, recruiting class for 2023, it is the number one in the country right now. And three out of the top four recruits in that class as it's starting to stack up right now with, I believe, nine names, or really eight names to me. Um, you've got uh, offensive playmakers. You've got two two wide receivers, Brandon, and also uh, one tight end in Pierce Sperling third that are going to catch the ball for Georgia that are already ranked among the nation's top 100 recruits in the country for 2023. I know that's what people need to see. What's the next step for Georgia recruiting? What they want to see to be added to this championship roster? I think everybody wants to see more of those dynamite playmakers on offense. And right now, it certainly looks like the 2023 class is trending in that direction. Yeah, it's one of you going that direction with your conversation because that's also something I wanted to talk about here for a moment, which is when you look at the ranks of the current commits for Georgia for the 2023 class, you know, I see two things that really stand out to me as nice bedrocks to build everything else on. The fact that Bo Hughley is, as in my mind, as impressive an offensive line prospect as we typically talk about in this space when it comes to Georgia. Hughley feels like he very much belongs in that same discussion with previous names we've mentioned here. And in addition to that, Raymond Contral, Dequavia Sori, both top 100 recruits in the country in the wide receiver spot there for Georgia, already a part of that 2023 fold. You know, this is kind of what Jermaine Burton was. This is what Arian Smith was. This is what, you know, uh, uh, Marcus Rosemey Jack saying others have been, you know, those recruits at the receiver position who also rank among the top 100 in the country. So when I think about the work that Georgia's already done, that's where I really zero in on the fact that Kukli is a very big time offensive line prospect. In the case of uh, Sori and Cottrell, you're talking about two guys who are of the caliber of receiver recruit that maybe over the course of the last few years, Georgia just hasn't got enough of. Yeah, that's true. And I think, Brendan, okay, I think the, the most comfortable lines I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable echoing here is that, you know, Georgia's getting a lot of good receivers and they're going to get receivers that they're going to get great production out of, like Lad McConkey, like A.D. Mitchell. But it's time for Georgia to bring in those guys that there's no projection or there's no uh, under-the-radar storyline here. It's a guy that's simply the man, and that's the man that everybody sees when an Odell, Odell Beckham, uh, OBJ steps onto the field or Jamar Chase steps on the field, that they're like, 
Watch for that guy. That guy's something, much in the same way Travis Hunter was, uh, a guy that is an absolute showstopper and a game-breaker, and Georgia gets him. And it, the expectation is not for the young man to exceed his recruiting ranking or for Georgia for the umpteenth time to say, well, it looks like Georgia's evaluation when it comes to this position is a little bit def- different than the recruiting industry. They found another great one, no matter what the recruiting rankings might say. I think people are ready for Georgia to trot out those players that are like, that guy looks like the best player in the country, looks like a dynamite number one pick, and he might even be better than that. And you're just going to be glad Georgia has him on their side. And I'll say this, and as we wrap up here, we don't have to go long on this topic, but you know, if you're the kind of receiver that does choose Georgia, even though the obvious choice may be somewhere else, it sort of says something to me about you, the fact that you want to chart your own path, the fact that you're not worried about what may have befallen somebody else before you. There is something to be said about the kind of receiver that would choose UGA, knowing that it's been so easy for elite receivers to choose somewhere else. Yeah, and that you know, and I think a lot of people are wanting – to follow the Arch Manning recruitment because it would put to bed any notion about, well, hey, if quarterback at Georgia is good enough for the Mannings, then it's certainly good enough for anybody else in the country. And apparently whatever hasn't happened with Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels or Carson Beck or Brock Vandegrift or Jacob Eason or Justin Fields and Jake Fromm, whatever those narratives we've, we've already exhausted time and time again on these airwaves. Well, if the Mannings choose to jump into that, well, then that just shows you that Georgia has something special that everybody that that has a future quarterback prodigy, a future first-round draft pick wants to be a part of. And I think that same thing probably likely needs to happen for Georgia at the wide receiver position. Although Georgia, Brandon, everybody's celebrating and they're buying all the merch and the gear because Big Bad Bama finally went down and they finally beat Nick Saban and they finally won the national championship. I think people want to see that not be a blip or an anomaly or an outlier. I think they want to see Georgia go head-to-head with Bama and win about 50 or 60% of the time or somewhere 40 to 60% of the time. And to do that, the Bama blueprint involves stockpiling all these receivers because they are so deadly to cover in a very tight game, which when these rosters are so so closely matched with first-rounders galore and NFL players galore at every position, I think the true difference-maker type players are the ones now. Let's face it, this game does slant towards the wide receiver position. It slants toward the ball in the air, and I think Georgia – just needs to get a lot more guys that just present incredible matchup problems because it makes it so much easier for what Georgia's stacked elsewhere, Brandon. The tight ends like Oscar Delp and Brock Bowers, the running backs like Branson Robinson and Andrew Paul and Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh, maybe potentially a Justin H- Justice Haynes. It just makes it so much easier for those guys to function when defenses have to devote attention to a guy they know that will burn him and make their corners extra crispy out on the outside. Jeff, great stuff. Next time you and I speak, it'll be back, both of us live again. Obviously, plenty to get to by the time we get there, but thanks for allowing me to take a little vacation time and help pre-record some of these interviews. We appreciate you being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. And as I said before, we'll look forward to getting a chance to speak to you very soon again as well. Can't wait, Brandon. Everybody, hope you had some good ones. And next time you hear from us, we'll be back recharged and re-energized for another recruiting push. Can't wait, Jeff. I look forward to doing it with you then. Thanks, man. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, let's see if we can finish off the week in style here with crews around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Now, this is one of those things where, like, I'm probably starting to get a little sad because my own 
Royal Caribbean cruise right now starting to come to an end, but a lot of you, as I mentioned to our audience off the top of the program, starting to be happy because you got a weekend that's on the way. Well, listen, uh, just know this. There's only a few more weekends to count down before some of you have a chance to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise with us. And not just any Royal Caribbean cruise, the very first ever cruise with the folks from Dog Nation. How much fun is that going to be? Uh, we're going to be going on the Independence of the Seas. There's some limited spaces still available. Going to go to Perfect Day Coco Cay and Nassau on the Bahamas, enjoying all the great entertainment options while we're on board, the delicious food, the prolific beverages, and you know that's going to be flowing with Dog Nation on board. So it's just going to be a great time, and I really want you to be a part of us, a part of it with us. So dognation.com, you can find out all the details about how you can be a part of the very first ever cruise with dog nation and so many of the dog nation folks are going to be a part of that our friends of the cruise of vacation authority helping us out for that but it's nassau bahamas it's perfect day coco Cay. it's independence of the seas leaving out of port canaveral coming up in april check it out for more details dognation.com on all of that now we have previewed what is it i guess is it 11 i mean 11 of the uh, no it was 10 we've previewed 10 of the teams in the sec here thus far we're not doing vanderbilt we just don't have time Obviously, we do Georgia every single day. We don't need to do that. So we're going to finish off with two other teams here. Cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. It's kind of the final vacation shows for us, but it has been a pre-recorded week. And to start with the Alabama Crimson Tide, who find themselves in the rare position of being a little bit of a revenge-minded team. They are not the reigning national champions. That is Georgia. And what is Alabama looking to do for a response here? Well, let's take a look at the fact a lot of Alabama's response to kind of get back into the national championship conversation is leaning on the transfer portal. they're obviously 13 and two a year ago seven and one in regular season sec games second in the 24 7 sports composite of the 2022 recruiting class third in espn preseason uh sp plus which is kind of interesting given the fact they're going to overwhelmingly probably be the preseason number one team but only third in sp plus to start the uh to start the preseason of course the big transfer additions what everyone's paying attention to here nick saban utilizing the portal right now maybe as well as anybody is jameer gibbs running back from georgia tech eli ricks cornerback from lsu obviously jermaine burton the wide receiver from georgia and i think the question is how much culture still exists at alabama for these new transfer players to absorb themselves into it, it is obvious there's a very good reason why Alabama is going to be thought of as the favorite to win the national championship. You see the presence of Bryce Young there on the screen as a big part of that. But I think that if Alabama is going to get its revenge on Georgia, if Alabama is going to emerge as the key threat to Georgia along the way to Georgia's hopeful attempt to, to repeat as national champion, I think the issue for Alabama also becomes what else you got? You know, Alabama's had quarterback now for a while. Alabama's had great wide receiver play for a while. Jermaine Burton steps in over there. If he can stay healthy, you'd assume that he has a very good season. But what else besides quarterback throwing to wide receiver is of kind of the Alabama level? In recent years, offensive line, maybe not quite what it once was. In some respects, defense, maybe not quite what it once was. Running game, maybe not quite what it once was. Part of what's going to determine just how likely Alabama is to to get back at Georgia if it has a chance to play Georgia again in the SEC championship or maybe once again in the college football playoff, part of what's going to determine whether or not that happens is, is can Alabama regain some of what used to make Alabama, Alabama? And over the course of time, Nick Saban's told us that stuff just doesn't matter as much anymore. That you're not going to win anything, he said, when it comes to running game and playing defense. Well, Georgia showed you here in 2021 that Nick Saban just wasn't correct when he said that. 
At least it wasn't nearly as true as Saban thought it was. It was a brief trend that would seem to have been kind of thwarted with what's happened uh, here this past year. So the comparison will remain ongoing between Georgia and Alabama. There is no denying that these two programs are 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 kind of doing it a little bit different way right now. That Kirby Smart is as energetic as ever, and his stamps all over the Georgia program. Nick Saban, by comparison has been a little bit more content to outsource a lot of what's happening there, trusting his offensive coordinator to bring a lot of maybe at what at one point in time Saban would have provided to the, his own program. Saban now trusts an offensive coordinator to do that. And as of now, the guy that we think is still in place, Bill O'Brien, has not been quite as popular with some Alabama fans as the previous guys have been. So interesting offseason of transition, at least somewhat for Alabama, as they welcome in a lot of new transfer players to the program. With that said, the other team there in the Yellowhammer State is Auburn. And my oh my, Brian Harson needs wins on the field as bad as anybody, as much as I need air, as much as I need air to breathe. Brian Harson needs wins on the field because of what has obviously been a wild ride for him over the course of the last few weeks. The truth is, is they weren't maybe as bad last season as you might remember. They were, you know, uh, six and seven. I uh, got a chance to go to the Birmingham Bowl and uh, lost there. And uh, as far as what else looks like when it comes to the Auburn Tigers, we'll show you some of this here. Uh, just three and five in league play. That's one of your problems. Just not winning enough SEC games. 19th with its recruiting class, 24-7 sports composite for the 2022 cycle. Still a top 25 team, according to Bill Conley, SP Plus, ESPN.com, coming in there at 25th. And a lot of that maybe kind of centers in on Zach Calzada, the transfer quarterback coming over from Texas A&M. You expect a little bit of a, of a quarterback battle between he and uh, T.J. Finley, who was once at LSU, you know, kind of fighting it out to see if you can be with that starting quarterback. Robbie Ashford's there as well, but Ashford really hasn't played much yet in his college career, so I don't know quite yet how he factors into all that. He was all at one point in time, though, a very popular high school player in the state of Alabama, but finding a way to get some wins this season going to be crucial for Brian Harson there at Auburn, and it's not impossible to imagine that it could occur, but, man, they've just lost so much out of the program. That's the issue. Is, is that the thing that has made Harson, I believe, doomed, kind of a failure to launch, is not what happened on the field last season. It's what happened around the program over the course of the last year, whether it's, um, it's coaches. You know, you've had multiple coordinators. You've changed over offensive-defensive coordinator, and then you lost the offensive coordinator that you hired, and now you're looking to replace that again. You've had assistant coaches in and out of the program. You've had 25 different guys leave the program. You didn't sign anybody on the February edition of National Signing Day. The thing that has really, I think, plagued Harson is not the on-field results. They are about what you might expect for a first-year coach at a program that was kind of only middling before he got there. But the stuff around the program, as you're very well aware of, is just a signal that this is just not a guy who's up to the standard of what it takes to be in the SEC. And he's maybe got one year to prove us wrong on that. He's maybe got one year to show that he's better than than his first year indicates. But he's going to have to find a way to dig deep and get more out of what is, at the moment, kind of a meager collection of talent, but also not a completely empty cupboard either. Uh, should be interesting to see how it plays out. We'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And before we sign off here today, let me just say a couple of quick thank yous. I always feel a little bit nostalgic when I do the vacation uh, shows because I just kind of think back on all the time that's passed since I was last off for a few days. And I generally try to do something in the wintertime and then kind of do something again in the summertime. And other than that, you know, maybe a day or two around Christmas. We don't take a lot of time off around here just because 
We just enjoy doing the show and want to be able to do that for you. But it's also nice to kind of get away. Sometimes that's with my family. This particular vacation has been with just my wife and me. Uh, that's just a great thing to be able to do. So it also brings to mind how lucky I am to be able to do this job on a daily basis because it's really what funds my vacation. You know, I wouldn't be able to go and you know be on a Royal Caribbean cruise if not for the kindness that all of you have shown me. So I am very, very appreciative of that. Truly grateful for this experience. And also, as we finish up a series of pre-recorded shows, you know, f- folks, this is a long, long trek. And so Michael Carvel has sat with me here the entire time and helped me get through these. Certainly appreciate him doing that. Connor Riley also a little bit earlier this week helped me record a portion of these there too. So it's one of those things I can't do this alone. I have to have somebody on the other side of the glass. And so I certainly appreciate Michael doing that for a long stretch here today. And back here on Monday, look forward to seeing all of you back here live once again. And with that, we'll wrap up the show. And one more golden shoe to give out this week. Our buddy Matt Rukavina sends this in. So he is dog in Houston on Twitter. He lives in the state of Texas. And so I guess his significant other must be a Longhorns fan because you see they are the very artistic uh, Longhorn logo that Matt has apparently replaced with some Georgia National Championship swag which is really pretty cool to see. So he says, just doing a little redecorating props to my wife for being a good sport. Yeah, good for uh, her for being a good sport. Good for you for uh, spreading the good word about the dogs out there in the state of Texas. Matt, we appreciate your support of uh, Dog Nation Daily and congratulations on your golden shoe win for today. Gator hater updater, lousy stinking Gators. They have no idea what it feels like to be Georgia still celebrating a national championship because it's been 4,796 days since they've been able to do that. And coming up here this season, taking another loss to these dogs, 248 days from right now. That is our Gator Hater Countdown. We will see you back here Monday, live once again for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. Can't wait to do it with you, everybody.